GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hello. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. This week, our cocktail of the week is the Dark and Stormy, which is barely a cocktail because it's so easy to make. Uh, the proper way to do a dark, dark and Stormy is with Gosling's Ginger Beer, which you can buy pretty much at any grocery store, and Gosling's Rum, which you can buy at pretty much any liquor store. You just fill a glass with ice, fill it with ginger ale up until almost the top, pour a shot of the rum on the top, and so it's all dark at the top, so it looks sort of dark and stormy. Uh, take a lime wedge and add that in there, and that's it. It's like a rum and coke, but a rum and ginger ale. And you can make it with any kind of rum and any kind of ginger ale or ginger beer, but we have tried dozens of combinations, and absolutely the best is the traditional with Gosling's rum and Gosling's ginger beer. They're delicious. Yep. The ginger ale, ginger beer is the most, is very important. Yep. It's real spicy. It's good. And like Fever Tree makes a good ginger beer, but it's not as good in these as the Gosling's. And it just, Gosling's comes in a can and it's the best. Okay. So this week we're going to talk about cooking. Lots mostly about cooking for dogs, but there's some overlap with cooking for humans. And uh, yeah, that's it. So... I get asked all the time for recipes of different stuff that I cook for the dogs, and probably the two most common questions I get are roasted carrots, how do I roast the carrots, and what's the recipe for waffles? Um, So for carrots, we actually probably split 50-50 the carrot roasting responsibilities. It's a a recipe I can do, so I like to do it. I was going to say, I think GR Dad is really proud that he knows how to roast the carrots. That and hard-boiled eggs, I'm really good at. Yeah, GR Dad has full responsibility for boiling the eggs in the household. Yes. Even though I also know how to hard-boil eggs. Um, So I think we roast the carrots a little bit differently because I'm just like, they eat them when I roast them, and all I do is turn the oven on to 425, which is what you roast everything at, and uh, I dump the carrots out of the bag onto a cookie sheet and put it in the oven. I don't even wait for it to preheat most of the time. I just jam it in there. And uh, you cook them until they're done, which is how long you cook everything. And in this case, you can tell that they're done basically when you can poke a fork into them. If you can't poke a fork into them, they're too hard. And so just check them every now and then. And once a fork goes in, they're done. But you can cook them for 20 minutes longer than that if they're big carrots and nothing really bad will happen. They just get a little bit softer. Uh, it takes about half an hour. You put cooking spray on them. You don't use cooking spray? No, I just put them on dry. Oh, no, I put cooking spray on the tray. Yeah, I don't put them on the tray. They don't stick. They do glisten nicer. I think they like it. <laughs> uh, and you can use this same method if you're roasting carrots for people. But if I were doing it for people, I would definitely like make sure all the carrots were well rubbed with olive oil and add a little salt and pepper. Actually, what? a lot of salt and pepper. Why would you roast carrots for people? I've never made you roasted carrots. So my I actually love a roasted carrot recipe where I actually use the baby carrots because those are better. Like mm. we use big, giant carrots for the dogs. Uh, but for humans, I'd use baby carrots, rub them with olive oil, salt and pepper, roast them until they're soft, which is way faster for the little carrots. And then you put them in a bowl, and you squeeze like half a lemon on there, and then you take some dried oregano and kind of rub it in your hands to open the oregano and put that on there. A little salt and pepper. It's very, very good. Sounds good. Yeah. So that's why we do roasted carrots for a person. Um, But I sometimes eat the roasted carrots, the roasties that we make for the dogs. I'll take a bite. Yeah, but I'll eat the raw carrots. You eat the raw ones sometimes. And then Maggie comes up and looks at him, and she's like, I see you have a carrot there, GR Dad. I too like carrots. I've had half a carrot, and 
Maggie's had the other half. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to roast any vegetable, 425 in the oven until it's done, which for most veggies means it's got a nice brown on it. And that actually works for the carrots too, uh, if you're making them for people. And if you're cooking for dogs, you don't really need the oil. If you're cooking for people, give everything a nice rub with olive oil and some salt and pepper. And that's it. You can roast anything like that. Olive oil makes everything better. Yeah, it's much better. I've tried it without for like low-cal versions. Dogs don't care, but it's not good for people if they don't have any oil on there. So there you go. That's the carrots. Uh, The other recipe that I get asked for all the time is the waffle recipe. And... So we have two waffle irons. We have like a Belgian waffle iron, which is kind of, I think, the waffles that most Americans grow up with. They get four pieces. They're puffy. You know, they're, they're like the waffles you would get if you went to a diner. And then we have the five-piece waffle iron, which was a gift from one of our followers and is wonderful. But it makes, I think, more European-style waffles, except for Belgium, where they have Belgian waffles, <laughs> um, but flatter waffles. They just call them waffles in Belgium. Uh, yeah (laughs) Um, they're flatter but they're also the five pieces means it ends up being they're each heart shaped which is nice yeah the heart shaped waffles are adorable and the dogs love them both Uh, I don't really like the the flat waffles as much as the Belgian waffles so uh, when I make the flat waffles for the girls which is mostly what I make now I literally just do flour and water I don't even measure I like take a bowl and I scoop flour out of the flour like tub into the bowl and then I just like put it under the tap with the water running slow and stir it with a fork until it's like the consistency of waffle batter and that's fine because it doesn't have to rise much because it doesn't rise much in that waffle iron uh but when I make like the birthday waffles uh when before we had five dogs when I made four piece waffles I use the Belgian waffle iron which is what I use when I make us waffles and then you want the waffles to rise which matters then so that recipe is easy to remember because the numbers are sort of the same it's two cups of flour two cups of milk or water depending on which you prefer two eggs and then four teaspoons of baking powder and that will make you a waffle and you can put in honey or sugar or I like vanilla and cinnamon as much as you want to make it taste good but flour water eggs baking powder is what you need to make a nice puffy waffle in a Belgian waffle iron and uh, would I use the same recipe for the dogs as I use for us in fact I would be like a lot of times on the weekend I would make me a waffle and dear dad a waffle and then a golden ratio waffle yeah, I'm not much of a cook so I have to be continually reminded that baking powder is something different than baking soda yeah baking if you mix them up things will get screwed up <laughs> Baking powder is baking soda plus cream of tartar. So if you ever run out of baking powder and you have baking soda, I mean, and you have cream of tartar, which I do have, uh, because you use it when you make an angel food cake. I'm making a face. I do not have cream of tartar just lying around. I mean, most people don't. But if you're a baker and you just, like, happen to run out of baking powder, you can mix baking soda and cream of tartar, and it works fine. But, yeah, if you... Uh, baking soda is way more powerful than baking powder. So if you put in baking soda instead, the stuff gets real puffy. And if you put in baking powder, it does not rise as much. And so you'll get something real flat if you screw them up. Um, What's the stuff that makes a refrigerator smell good? Baking powder. Baking soda is what you put in the fridge. 
Okay. But you should not use the fridge stuff to cook with because the fridge stuff has absorbed all kinds of stuff. That's its job. Yeah. You can also use baking soda, the fridge stuff, to brush your teeth in a pinch, and it makes them very white. Now they have, like, toothpaste with baking soda in it, but I remember at some point in my life just using, like, you get your toothbrush west and you jam it in a thing of baking soda. It tastes terrible, but it does make your teeth very white. I forgot you grew up in Little House in the Prairie. Yeah, well, things are tough sometimes. <laughs> I think that was when I had braces. I don't know. I, I was told that it was a good idea to do it. Uh, anyway, there you go. Carrots and waffles. Those are definitely like the two most common recipes that I get asked for. Uh, one that we end up making more. Hang on. Vink is like desperately looking at us like she needs to come up on the couch. You want to boost, Vink? Okay. So one thing that we do make somewhat frequently is a bland meal when one of the dogs is not feeling good. And so if the dog has diarrhea or upset stomach or after surgery sometimes they want you to have a bland meal uh, we've talked about this before on the podcast we basically just give them chicken and rice and uh, you cook the chicken however you want that doesn't involve frying it so you can bake it or you can do it in a pressure cooker if you happen to have one uh, I used to have one but I got rid of it um, you can microwave it you do whatever I, uh, I put mine in the oven and just like let it cook because it doesn't matter if it's cooked well the dogs don't care all that matters is that it's cooked all the way through yeah and they don't call it bland food they call it delicious food it is absolutely their favorite um and the one trick that i've learned is that if you mix up like chunks of chicken with rice a lot of times the dogs will just try to eat the chicken and then they'll skip the rice so if you cook the rice with the chicken like in a casserole dish the rice tastes better because it tastes chicken flavored um, or you can make it with chicken stock. Or what I do is I put the chicken in the food processor and chop it up into little bits, and then they can't really separate the chicken from the rice. And, and then they go, mmm, tastes like chicken. Yeah. And uh, and I think I said a couple podcasts ago that I'm real proud of myself because I now have like bags of bland meals like pre-prepared in the freezer, so I don't have to like make it when the dog gets sick. I can just defrost it. So that's pro tip. From GR Mom, have some of that in the freezer uh, if you want. I've got like four gallon bags of it in the freezer. What else? Uh, I went through a phase for a while of making dog biscuits at home, which is basically like the same as making sugar cookies in that like you make a dough and you roll it out and then you use a cookie cutter. And if you're lucky, you get a dog bone shaped cookie cutter and uh, and then bake it. And it's really easy. I mean, it's basically flour and water and eggs. Like, you'd make any cookie recipe, but you don't have to put the sugar in it. And then you can add in whatever you want. Uh, peanut butter works really well. I uh, think the peanut butter was very popular. The peanut butter is really popular. It's also a good way to use, like, random little leftovers. Like, if you are into baking, like, if you've got rice left over, like, little bits of meat left over, just, like, stir that in with some flour and an egg and uh, a little bit of baking powder whatever you want and roll it out and cut it into pieces and you just bake it at 350 until it's done and if you take it out earlier they're soft and if you take it out later they're crunchy whatever the dogs like them no matter what um one other thing that you may have seen me make for the dogs is the dog birthday cake which is uh a completely made up recipe and it works great so I have like a small cake pan like a six inch cake pan but you can make it in whatever you have 
And basically I was like, all right, how do I make a cake that's got stuff that the dogs like? What do they like? And I was like, well, they like carrots. So I'm going to put some carrots in there. They like peanut butter. And then uh, I need it to hold together. So I'll put some flour and some eggs in there. And uh, and that's about it. So I, I put this recipe up for some people. I've shared it. And... Uh, and then I had to like figure out what I do. And it's a little bit of a hack because I don't even measure when I make the dog birthday cake. I like get out the food processor and I take like two or three carrots out of the bag, chop those up. I put in just like a big spatula glop of peanut butter that's probably half a cup. Mush that in there, crack in a couple eggs. But like if I've made something that only used egg yolks and I save the egg whites, I'll put those in instead. Um, eggs help hold stuff together so if you're making cookies or cake that's what the eggs do they keep it together if you leave the eggs out it gets crumbly let's put a couple eggs in there put like a cup of flour in there and then like I put in a little honey just because that seemed like it would be good <laughs> and like but whatever right uh flour and eggs are gonna hold it together I put in like two teaspoons of baking powder just so it puffs up a little bit otherwise it stays really flat and dense and I'm sure they would eat it then too but it seems like it gets a nicer texture. And uh, and that's it. Some carrots, some peanut butter. And it smells so good. Like this carrot peanut butter carrot cake is sort of what it smells like. And it tastes not very good because there's no sugar in it. But the dogs love it. They get very excited. And it's nice and moist. Well, it's their birthday. And it's their birthday. and uh, And they all get to share that. So if you're interested in this, some of these recipes I've put online, uh, if you look at our YouTube channel, some of them are up there in like the recipes section. We also have a golden ratio cookbook, um, which I'll put a link for. So I, I made that last year around Christmas and uh, you can get it as like an ebook for your Kindle, but you can also get a printed version and it has like all these dog recipes that I talked about, but it's mostly recipes for humans, like stuff I've made on the Snapchat channel. So it's got red beans and rice and uh, rainbow Mexican salad and all kinds of really apple pie apple pies in there all the pies are in there apple pie key lime pie um, all the good stuff I've made it happens to be all vegetarian because I'm vegetarian and it's really designed for people who don't know how to cook so like me <laughs> if you're a super beginner it's a great cookbook to have almost everything in there is also really cheap to make because I kind of learned how to cook when I was in college and I didn't have any money and so uh, it's recipes where like literally you can buy the ingredients maybe smuggle a little food out of the dining hall uh, and you know it's a couple dollars and it'll feed you for a week it's it's good stuff so good change from ramen yeah way healthier than ramen and uh, and good so if you're interested in some of the recipes that I make most often because it really is a lot of what we eat day to day here uh, you could check out the GR cookbook and that'll give you all these recipes and some extra stuff. Uh, what we also thought we would talk about in the food episode is stuff that you shouldn't give your dogs. I think everybody knows that dogs shouldn't eat chocolate because it's bad for them. Uh, but there's a ton of foods that are bad for your dogs and so we would talk through some of those. Uh, you can get most of the list that we're going to work through is actually in the GR cookbook. There's The Golden Ratio cookbook has stuff not to give the dog. Um, but the ASPCA also has a good list if you're worried. And, you know, some of the stuff that you shouldn't give your dog, like you shouldn't really give dogs onions. Onions aren't going to kill them, right? Like a dark chocolate bar could kill your dog. 
if your dog eats pieces of onion, it's not going to kill them. Like it can kind of make their stomach sore. And, and so it's important to kind of know the difference of like, what's the stuff that's like really toxic and bad for them. And what's the stuff that like, for some of them will make them feel bad. Cause I get this, I'm actually like considering closing messaging on Snapchat, <laughs> like one, cause I get a ton of spam. But when I go through the stuff that's not spam, like I always get stupid people yelling at me about food that I've given to the dogs. Oh, you shouldn't give them human food. Like, like you right. give them one hamburger in a year and you get a oh hard time for it. Every time I give them a burger, people yell at me. Uh, like, oh, you know, there's onions on the burger and like that's really bad for dogs. Or your dogs, like it's not a very good idea to give them human food. Like that's ridiculous. It's totally fine for dogs to have... Like, you don't want them to get fat eating scraps and, like, human food, but there's nothing wrong with them having some variety in their diet and eating veggies or little bits of stuff. I also get people telling me that carrots are really bad for dogs. They have no idea. It's just, like, some random high school kid who's, like, decided that carrots are bad for dogs and I don't know what I'm doing, and also my vet doesn't know what he's doing. Um, so, anyway, there are foods that are bad for your dogs, and so we're going to go through some of them. Um... So yeah, chocolate is one. Um, alcohol is another. I see like fr videos of like frat boys giving their dogs beer. Um, you know, if your dog likes to like lick the bottle of beer, like lick your face when you have a beer, like it's fine. But you should not let them like actually drink alcohol. Um, that's bad for them. You all know that, right? If you're giving your dog a beer, you're just being an idiot. Um, Grapes and raisins are a big one. Do not let your dog eat grapes, and especially raisins. Uh, one raisin is the equivalent of one grape, but you can eat a lot of raisins, way more raisins than you can eat grapes. And the worst would be chocolate-covered raisins. <laughs> chocolate-covered raisins are like a, a death wish for dogs. Uh, we don't know why, but they can cause kidney failure. And, uh, you know, if your dog eats a raisin, like I'm sure Maggie has snagged pieces of, like, pecan raisin bread that, that I've had like oh raisins not going to do something um, but you don't really want them getting in to raisins and grapes because that's bad for them uh, macadamia nuts is another one they can be really toxic to dogs and uh, we don't really know why but they can throw up and they can uh, kind of have weakness and it's not good for them and it's good to avoid a lot of kinds of nuts the other ones mostly aren't toxic like that but they can make them not feel good they're super fatty um again if your dog gets like a nut they're probably fine uh some people like i said say onions and garlic are ones to avoid you know it depends on your dogs um don't give them a lot but you know if they if they eat a burger and it's got a couple onions on it they're fine uh, you want to talk about bones, GR Dad? Maybe you could share your experience with preventing <laughs> half-sister Buttercup from eating a chicken bone. I took her for a walk one morning. It was early morning, like 6 in the morning on a Sunday. And someone had left or thrown out, you know, half a, I don't know, KFC or chicken meal. And so she started wolfing these chicken bones, which... They're just like laying can, on the side of the road. Which can splinter and do bad things in their digestive tract, right? So that mm -hmm. it's not a good idea to give your dogs chicken bones because they, Super those dangerous. long bones, are, are, they will splinter. So I, half asleep, reached into her mouth to try to pull it out without really 
communicating that to her. And so she was chomping on the chicken bone, and then she was also chomping on my fingertip at the same time uh, and actually bit it off. And so it was. I drove myself to the emergency room, and then they said, did you keep the tip? <laughs> and then I knew I had kind of a problem because, I mean, Buttercup ate the tip, I guess. <laughs> she probably thought it was some new kind of chicken. So I'm not, I wasn't mad at her, but I wasn't too happy about my finger being slightly shorter. But yeah. it's, it's all fine. As they said, it didn't get the bone. And, uh, but don't reach into your pet's mouth if they don't know you're reaching in there. Even the, the Goldens, I think, would. If they don't notice and they're chewing, they'll just keep chewing. Yeah. So Jared has one pointer finger that's slightly shorter than the other. And, uh, and you did that like three days before our wedding reception, uh, which of course didn't bother me at all. I mean, I felt bad about your finger, but you do have like this big kind of bandaged wrapped up finger in our, at our party, which was, was not like, our actual wedding. Cause it was kind of raw underneath. There. Yeah. It was a real mess. <laughs> it was a real mess. So don't uh, reach into your dog's, uh, mouth, but on the other hand, don't let him eat chicken bones either. Yeah, I mean, bones in general are not very good for them. And you can get some that are, like, cooked and, you know, hopefully tempered. But bones of all kinds are kind of a bad idea. But uh, any bird bones are bad because birds have hollow bones to help them fly. And so when you bite them, uh, they will kind of splinter into little pieces instead of just having chunks come off. And those can puncture esophaguses and stomachs and things. So it's super dangerous. So never, ever let them get in on a bird bone it's not toxic but it's dangerous um xylitol which is a fake sweetener that's used in like sugar-free gum can be toxic to them and so you shouldn't let them have that and it's sugar-free gum is probably where most people will encounter it if you're like a type 1 diabetic you it may be something that like you've had like hard candy around and stuff vink Hang on a second, we're gonna let Vink out. Uh, so yeah, if you're a type one diabetic, like it may be a hard candy that you've had, like they make sugar-free hard candy for diabetics and, and that sometimes has it, um, but that's really dangerous for them. And then the last one is yeast dough. So if you are doing some baking and you are making like bread dough that has yeast in it and it's not cooked yet, like bread is fine to let dogs have, but if it's just the dough, the uncooked dough, um, the yeast will start rising in their stomach and uh, it can cause all kinds of problems for them. So that is to be avoided. Yeah, but what's not on here are fruits and vegetables generally. Yeah. Except the ones we said, but when Schmeagel eats a tangerine or a mandarin orange, that's fine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, if your dog does eat anything that they shouldn't, especially some of that toxic stuff, uh, so there's animal poison control that you can call. Uh, I'm looking at the ASPCA number right now, 888-426-4435. You can also just Google animal poison control when the crazy thing happens. And uh, I have done this a couple times. You can uh, call them, and there's a you know, $50, $100 fee, uh, which of course you pay before they put you on the phone, but you actually get on the phone with a vet and, uh, and they will look up whatever it is that your dog ate and tell you if you need to take him into the vet or if it's fine. My first dog, Pi, ate a box of syringes full of roach poison Ugh. once, uh, which apparently was fine. 
Uh, they were more concerned about the plastic than the roach poison because it apparently is species specific and she's not dangerous. Not, she's to not dogs. a roach. Uh, that oh. was scary. Um, if your dog eats chocolate, which we have had happen a number of times, it depends on what kind and how much they ate, how bad it's going to be. So we caught Kay, one of the previous dogs, eating a bag of chocolate-covered espresso beans. Yeah, she had a lot of them. She had a lot of them. She also ate, like, someone had given me, like, a two-pound box of kind of mixed chocolates for Valentine's Day, I think, like, in a heart-shaped box that I had, you know, I had had the ones that I liked and then thrown out the rest, a pound and a half of chocolate, basically. And, uh, you know, I was just, like, doing a big house cleaning. So I had a giant trash bag that I was filling... And she got in there and she ate the whole pound and a half of, of chocolate that I had thrown out. Uh, that's really dangerous. Dark chocolate is shockingly much, much more dangerous than milk chocolate. I mean, obviously it has more chocolate in it, but like the amount of dark chocolate that's dangerous is actually quite small. And the amount of milk chocolate they can eat is surprisingly big. Um, you can go online and find charts that will kind of tell you here's how many ounces of milk and dark and percent cocoa and what's toxic depending on your dog's weight, um, which is always good to be able to look up. So if your dog eats, you know, like half a Hershey's bar, it depends on the size of the dog. If you have a golden retriever and they eat half a Hershey bar, that will maybe make them upset like in the stomach, but it's not going to hurt them. If they were to eat half like that much dark chocolate, then you got to start doing something. If your dog eats something that's toxic to them, you can make them throw it up by making them drink hydrogen peroxide. They do not like it. It's going to make them foamy in the mouth. It's not fun. Um, but if they're going to die or you're going to make them vomit, uh, that's how you can do it. So just about a quarter cup is what we use. Uh, that big industrial syringe that I talked about that I used for the liverwurst, I have also used to kind of shoot hydrogen peroxide down their throat. But you can just do it by like holding their mouth gently closed, tipping their head back so kind of their throat is vertical, and then take like a quarter cup measure and pour the stuff into their mouth and kind of hold their head back so they have to swallow it. And, uh, and then wait 15 minutes and they should start throwing up. If they don't, you can give them a second dose and uh, I promise you they will start vomiting. They're also gonna get super foamy in the mouth from the hydrogen peroxide and that's okay. Um, it's not fun, but that's what your vet would do. They're not gonna pump their stomach, they're gonna give them hydrogen peroxide. It doesn't hurt them, it's just unpleasant and it tastes probably really nasty, but it does not like it burns them or anything. It, it does. I have rinsed my mouth out with hydrogen peroxide before, too. Probably when I was also brushing with baking yeah. soda. Uh, it, oh, it tastes terrible, and then it gets all foamy, like, in between your teeth and back your throat. Yeah, the dogs will do that little... Thing. Uh, it's not good. Um, but it's a good way to get stuff out of their system. So if you... You don't want to do that if they've eaten bones, because that stuff will... You know, if there's plastic or stuff that could do damage, it's going to do it on the way back up. Um, but if it's like they ate chocolate or they ate, you know, raisins, a bunch of raisins, uh, yeah, you can give them hydrogen peroxide to get them to bring it back. But only in emergencies because that's a quite a process and it's not fun and they won't remember remember you fondly. No, no, it's it's a t 
tough thing. Like it's one other kind of stuffed dog eats thing <laughs> is yeah. uh, is dogs eating grass. Gr. Dead sometimes gets real upset when the dogs eat a lot of grass. Well, I just worry that they're gonna throw up. Yeah, and sometimes they do. Like if they're not feeling good, they'll eat grass. Um, but there are like actual scientific studies out there that say also grass just tastes really good for dogs, <laughs> and and so sometimes they'll eat it if they don't feel good, and then they will throw it up. But sometimes they just eat it because it's delish. Especially like the fresh green springtime grasses. Hopper loves the fresh green springtime grasses. Hopper, the way Hopper eats grass almost makes you jealous and makes you want to get some of that grass yourself. Oh my gosh, he loves it. And Queso eats a ton of grass too. I mean, they all sort of eat grass, but Hopper loves her some grass. <laughs> but only the right kind of grass. There, she seems pretty picky. Yeah, and but there's like a patch in front of a house that's like three blocks away that apparently is like the best grass. And so anytime we walk past there, like Hops is like, excuse me, I need to stop and have some of this grass. Yeah, if they made treats out of that grass, she'd be really all over it. Yeah, you could like, maybe I should do that. I think it has to be fresh though. I think if I like harvested it and like tried <laughs> to give it to her, she wouldn't like it. Probably not. I could grow it like a, you know, like you have little pots of basil and oregano. I could just have a pot of like Hopper's favorite grass. Or wheatgrass. Yeah, I could. That's right. And I could just like put it down for her, and she could like have a few chomps on it, <laughs> and then I could put it back in the window. Vink would dig it all up. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, so yeah, don't freak out if your dog eats grass. You know, don't let them eat grass that people have put pesticides on. But uh, it's not bad for them, and it doesn't mean anything's wrong. Grass just tastes good. Okay, uh, do you have a German word of the week for us? Hartgekochte Eier. Whoa, <laughs> a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. Yeah, use it in a sentence. Ich teile meine hartgekochten Eier oft mit den Hunden, wenn ich, ein, wenn ich die esse. <laughs> okay. I share them with the dogs when I eat hard-boiled hard eggs. Hard-boiled eggs. Hot-cooked eggs. So hot, hot-gekocht, hard-boiled. I mean, it really oh, is just hard, hard cooked eggs. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. We uh, we also still have a sponsor. Audible, the audiobook place, is still our sponsor. Uh, I said last week I had saved the Stephen King, the new Stephen King book, The Outsider, till my ultramarathon, and I listened to it for the entirety of my ultramarathon, and it's really good. Uh, so I'm, I'm just going to put another plug out there for that. I'm in the middle of it now, and it's great. Uh, so if you want to sign up for Audible, use our link, audibletrial.com slash thegoldenratio, and it gives us money to support the podcast and all of our internet things and the Waffle Fund, and, uh, and you get a free audiobook, and you get to listen to more audiobooks, and we'll keep giving you suggestions. It's a good deal. Okay. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. You can find us all over social media to send us your comments, and we'll be back next week. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>